Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Oh, man, everything just tastes a little sweeter. The air smells a little better. Energy's a little greater. And it's all because football is back and in full swing with another week of epic games. And hmm, can you guess who's got you covered on all the action for every single one of those games? That's right. You already know the DraftKings Sportsbook app, okay, an official betting partner of the NFL. And once again, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on football and get 200 hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets if you're signing up for the draft you have the first time promo code tbob you bet five dollars on football you get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets are you kidding me guys but it's not just the new customers okay nobody misses out with DraftKings. in fact all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Just get on the app and check them out. So get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the app now using the promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B, to sign up, and you can take advantage of that incredible new customer deal, bet $5, and take home $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B, the crown is yours. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 
21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Snaps. Where throughout the week we are live on AMP and then everything is uploaded to uh, Apple, Spotify, podcast form. And you can always subscribe to us, youtube.com slash at volume snaps. We are hurtling towards Mm. 5,000 subscribers, y'all. We need 150 more of y'all. You're listening now and you haven't yet. Do it for your your boys here. Whether you like, you know what? Do it if you think we're kind of funny and enjoyable. Do it if you think I'm a dumbass piece of shit. I don't care. Just do it like Nike, but for snaps. YouTube.com slash add volume snaps. Uh, we'll start with our opening comment today, Robash. Uh, and I'm guessing this in I'm not guessing this is in response to our Alabama conversation about quarterback and the mismanagement therein. Been kicking that horse for months. Hartman, Leary, or any competent warm body would have been an upgrade. Uh, mm-hmm. So the the state of the Alabama quarterback situation in the fans' minds about equal to what we were talking about yesterday. Um, this is Snaps of T-Bob Bear. He is Aaron Murray. Aaron, what's up? What's up? Hello, hello. Happy Thursday, everyone. Excited to get into some of these games. Yep. Uh, no ranked on ranked this weekend, but we'll see if we can find a uh, 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 upset somewhere here in this 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 somewhat dull third week of the season. It's uh, the literal most dog shit lineup of games that I've ever seen uh, since doing this job on a single weekend. Um, that said, I love the board. I think mm-hmm. I've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight or nine bets that are already in that I feel great about. I think I'm going to have a perfect nine and a week. Nice. Um, I may do a giant parlay just so I can get rich and then not have to work with you anymore. Um, I'm just kidding. I love doing this show. Shout out DraftKings. All right, uh, let's get into the slate. So, oh, sorry if you, if you if you don't normally join us in season on Thursday, we do go through the biggest games of the week, break them down, what we think, who's going to win, and this week it's LSU at Mississippi. And this is going to give you an idea of what kind of week it is. You know, this sounds not awful on the surface. Yeah. LSU at Mississippi State, South Carolina at Georgia, Washington at Michigan State, Tennessee at Florida, and Colorado at Colorado State. Which again, devoid of context. Sounds like a fine lineup until you see LSU's essentially double-digit favorite, UGA's favorite by like, what, 24? 27 and a half. 27 and a half. Washington's favorite by 16. Tennessee, Florida's close. Six and a half. Yep. And then Colorado, Colorado State, 23 and a half. That number's probably going to even go up after what Norvell had to say. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll get there. Let's start with the one that's going to be the 11 a.m. slate. You can catch me at a local cigar bar burning heaters and drinking straight mezcal at 11 a.m. as I get ready to do a little post game for LSU Mississippi State in Starkville. Aaron, I've talked about this game on my show all week, and so I'm very intrigued to get your read on it. What do you think happens here? Man, I'm I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous for Mississippi State, and and I'll start first with the defense. You know, you watch the the tape for Mississippi State, and – yeah, they got some turnovers last week versus Arizona. A lot of them were were self-induced by their quarterback. Uh, but they can't get after the quarterback. And, and and something that I'm excited about LSU this season 
is how good their offensive line is. I mean, they're, yeah. it's a really talented offensive line, and you have one of the most talented, deepest receiving cores in America. And I, I still like Jane Daniels. I know a lot of people are kind of down mm-hmm. on quarterbacks in the SEC, but he's still a gifted, gifted runner that has improved as a passer. But the thing that gives me more excitement if I'm an LSU fan this weekend is the running back position. You look at the difference between week one and week two, and yes, the opponent is vastly different. I get that. Huh. But even talking to the coaching staff last week. I mean, it is about as different as you could yeah, have gotten. So to be painfully clear, go from Florida also, State to Grambling. You can also see the difference in the running backs, just the, the way they move. And that's something yeah. that the coaches have kept telling me last week is we have guys now and in Logan Diggs and, and Caleb Jackson and John, John Emery's actually back, back this week. Yeah. John Emery's back as well. But those first two, they just kept saying, like, we finally have running backs that are explosive in the backfield. We don't just got a bunch of like, you know, big old guys that are kind of just, you know, you know, two, three yards and kind of go down. We have guys that can hit the hole and and complement what Jaden can do and, and take the pressure off Jaden Daniels having to be Superman doing everything. And that's something that we've said from for the entire offseason. We need running backs at LSU. And right now they feel like they have three really good ones that are healthy and ready to go in this football game. So that to me is going to give Mississippi State issues on defense. Not only do you have to defend against the pass, you have a great running quarterback along with now three running backs you can rotate in there that can create explosive plays. Yeah, I mean, for me, you don't even really have to get past the line of scrimmage. Um, When LSU is on offense, there there is not another D-line on their schedule, save for Alabama, that will even test that offensive line. Um, They are, they're, they're great, man. And with the emergence of true freshman Lance Hurd, they may get even better because they have a straight giant at right tackle. Uh, So offensively, I think LSU is going to control the line. I think everything's going to work because of that. I like, I mean, look, here's the deal. Zach Arnett's a great defensive coach. He runs a very shifty sort of weird 3-3-5 system that maybe they can confuse Jaden and and, and the Mm -hmm. offense here there. But it's just hard to think that guys that couldn't rush the passer against Arizona, who does not have an impressive offensive line, are somehow going to do so against Florida State. That's been the thing to me, too, really diving into this film. It just reinforces how much talent was on that field between LSU and Florida State because they don't look like normal college teams. Mississippi State looks more like a normal college team, like 44 for Mississippi State. Great player. Um, SEC Player of the Week. Why am I blanking on his name right now? But he's kind of representative of the team as a whole and that, like, He's not the most athletic. He's not just going to overpower you through raw physical talent. What he is going to do, though, he's well-coached. He's going to be in the right spot. Like, Mississippi State's defense will do that. It's just that I think LSU's offense is actually kind of awesome. Yeah, Like, they had a really great game against Florida State, save for two drop possessions in the third mm-hmm. quarter. It was the defense that crumbled, yeah. right? They scored all 10 possessions against Grambling last week. Like It's a great offense. I can quibble about some of the philosophy I would like to see change. I would literally never keep it back in for pass protection, but yeah. that's a different story. Um, I can quibble, but offensively, LSU is going to be great. Uh, did you have anything to add on the offensory flip? flip well, the ball? And, and you talk about Arnett and the defense. Well, the defense didn't change from last year, and let's just go to last year's game. Mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels, 22-37, 210 yards, a touchdown. Offensively, they rushed for 207 yards, put up 31 points. So, like that, That's last year's LSU offense who – and that's a lesser offense than what you're bringing to That's bear a lesser year. offense with two freshman tackles that are now yeah. sophomores heading into the season. 
with more depth at receiver, with more depth at running back, and a quarterback that's not in the second year in the system. Exactly. I think they're going to score. Um, I think they're score a lot of points. So the big worry for LSU <laughs> and who didn't look good this year against Florida State was the defense, right? Yep. Well, uh, again, I don't. I am flummoxed by what Zach Arnett is trying to do with this Mississippi State offense. So what's interesting, Aaron, you gave me a quizzical look there, like you don't know what flummox means, but that's exactly. So that's exactly what it does mean. Kind of confusing. Doesn't make sense. I can't. I can't make heads or tails. Why did Zach Arnett take a Mississippi State team that was built for the air raid and say, "Fuck it, I want to run a less miles level rushing attack"? Like, not even. And and I had some people take this the wrong way. Where earlier in the week I said, like, when I heard that State was running the ball more, I thought it was like you know how Ole Miss runs the ball or Tennessee run the ball. And so many people took that to mean me saying those schools are ineffective. No. They're great at running the ball. Ole Miss leads yeah. the FC in rushing. It's just that they do it out of a true spread where they're pushing everybody out the box. They run against side boxes, and they're threatening through the air so that you can't just defend the run. Mississippi State's not doing that. Mm-mm. I mean, they're daring people to load up the box. They're running classic stretch, lead, zones, counters. Yep. Uh, the passing game does not feel dangerous at all. They've made Will Rogers look like the ninth best quarterback in the conference, like Aaron Murray tried to tell you before the season starts. Zach Arnett, apparently big fan of the show, really likes Aaron, wanted him to be correct. Like, I don't get it because they have right. shifted to a style of offense that instead of masking deficiencies becomes super talent dependent. Like if your guys up front aren't better, you're not just, you're just not going to win. And no. for all the problems that LSU has had thus far, I'll still bet on Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, Savian Jones, and the rest of this defense winning that battle. So I feel I would feel very frustrated as a Mississippi State fan what they've done and, offensively. And and I think Mississippi State's going to look at last week's game and and say, "Wow, look at look at that that HBCU who ran all over LSU and took advantage, yeah. especially early in the first half, and think they can do the same thing." I I, I think Harold Perkins is going to continue to find his his way in this defense. Uh, I, I, I I do believe Mason Smith, who was on he was on a pitch count, like he's he's working his way back into full game shape right now. They wanted him about thirty plays last week. I don't know exactly the number he played, but they're expecting to 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 I wouldn't say double that this week, but get closer to that fifty play mark yeah. first Mississippi State. So you're going to get him in there. You got the rust knocked off. Let's not forget that was the first time Mason Smith, a potential top ten NFL draft pick, first time he's played since two thousand twenty one. He didn't play all was, last year. Was, so he didn't play all last well, year. He, and start, then he Aaron, started with Shuba, was out in the first drive. Yeah, and then before yeah. that, at the end of his freshman year, he missed the last four games due to injury, played in the bowl, and then he got hurt. So have. so it's been a long – it was a long – and you can see it. He was really bad at the beginning last yeah. week, and he got better and better as the game went on. Yeah, so you're – yeah, I, I don't think – this offense is good enough to 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 think that they can methodically move the ball down the field. Um, yeah. yeah, just the, the, they're going to eat them up, man. This is what nine and a half points. No, I love LSU. Minus the only nine thing, the only thing that's going to save Mississippi State is the fact, or could, is the fact that it's an eleven a.m. kickoff mm-hmm. in Starkville. Early cowbells on the road, and Woody Woody Woody's a good running back, a very good running back. Woody's a good running back. But, but I, just I, I think I think you I, I think you have an LSU team who whose back is against the wall because they already lost yep. one game. Yeah. Who knows they can't just sleepwalk the rest of the season. Like there is a sense of urgency of like we can't lose a game 
If we if if we are are as good as we think we are, which I, I still believe LSU is is the team to be in the SEC West. If we want any chance to make it to the playoffs, we have to win these games. We have to win them pretty mm-hmm. big. We have to rebuild our brand. And I think yeah. we're good enough to do it. Uh, I, I so we're we're in agreement then. I like LSU to cover. I'd put in my best bets, but I don't want to be accused of being a homer. Even though all the LSU fans are like, "Team up, just jinx us!" Rawr. All right, let's go to your team that you're very clearly a homer for, Aaron Murray, and that are your Georgia Bulldogs, South Carolina at UGA. You know, but this is the game Aaron's been propping up. We're going to learn something about this Georgia team. You will. This game in which you they're will. favored, in which they're favored by what twenty six and a half. Yes, this is the game. Yes, this is the game that's going to test. Hey, it's not the 40s like it's been for the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> yeah. so we are moving. We are trending in the right direction right now. Before, oh man, who they, they play another scrub next week where it'll be back up to like the forty points per. It game. doesn't matter. It, do, it literally play. doesn't yeah. matter. So South Carolina, Georgia. Here's what I wanted to pick your brain on, Aaron. I can't get the image of Spencer Rattler running for his life against North Carolina mm-hmm. out of my head. And so take us into the quarterback mindset. I know you're supposed to be alpha. You're supposed to be brave. Does any fear creep in when you go to bed on Friday night and you know you have about seven NFL first rounders that are coming to break your fucking ribs all day Saturday and there's nothing you can do about it? At 3.30 primetime CBS game. uh, (laughs) And and I know a lot of people like the dog Athens, Georgia, for being quiet. But Kirby Kirby found a way because I think he found one of the defensive players for for South Carolina who didn't have – Sanford Stadium in his top five for for atmospheres in, in the SEC, well, and he not, pretty much told, yeah he told the SEC or told the Georgia fans like you better bring it. It's going to be loud. It's going to have a lot of energy, uh, and you have a South Carolina team right now, which I, I just saw the stat about 20, 30 minutes ago, one and a half yards per carry through two games. That's going to help. One and a half yards. That's great. Per, <laughs> it's not good. That's not good. This is an offensive line. That is probably the worst offensive oh, line no. in SEC. They're averaging 58, point, 58 yards per rushing per game. The next SEC team is like one hundred and fifteen yards per game. Is, is this a is this is this akin to a public execution? <laughs> it's like it's just like it's just like uh, the just the the teeming frothing masses showing up to watch Spencer Rattler just be like splayed and quartered for her enjoyment. And Kirby, enjoyment? And Kirby like, hates Kirby absolutely disdains Shane Beamer. So like, there's going to be no wait. Why? What's the story there? I just, I just don't, I think he just doesn't like him. Just doesn't like him. Just every game they play, like there is no, there's no mercy. It is, it is. We're going to continue to dominate. We're not going to call off the dogs and we're going to make you regret, you know, your life essentially. So I think Georgia rolls, I think Georgia rolls in a big way. I, I think this is when I say first true test, I think this is the first time we really get to see what this offense can look like. Um, Dejon Edwards is supposed to be back for Georgia. Hopefully, he gives them some 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 more ammunition from the running back position. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Ladd McConkey is going to play or not in this game. I don't think they're going to need him to, but I think if he does play, it's a huge plus. But I think Georgia fans just want to see can Carson Beck continue to progress, and can this offense truly be one of the better offenses in this league? So, like, is this a major watching. challenge? No, it's, it's not. Yeah. But it's still an opportunity to show you can you can play really, really good football against another SEC opponent. We should give Spencer Rattler some credit here because um, I think Saturday is going to be brutal for him. But with that horrible offensive line, he's actually playing kind of incredible right now. Oh, he's completing 83% of his passes. 83. 
He's averaging 350 yards a game, 10.6 yards per attempt, mm -hmm. three touchdowns, no picks. So uh, pretty damn good. But unfortunately, uh, this weekend, just nothing's really coming up, Spence. Um, were you ever scared of an opponent like the night before? Like, be honest. Like, if you were really on, like, do you remember who it was? We played, we played South Carolina and Jadavia, and I was like, damn. <laughs> like, like, oh, I don't feel too good about this one. Like, did he we, ever we get had, you? We, we know that Nick Fairley almost killed you, but did he ever get you, Jadavian? Who Jadavian? Yeah, yeah, he swung me around like a rag doll, like twice. <laughs> like, there's no worse feeling than than a defender grabbing your jersey and swinging you around, and you feeling like like a helpless. Like what I do to my son when like when my son pisses me off and I, like grab him by like the arm or something like that to pick him up. Like, what are you doing? Like that's what I felt like, but I'm like not a, a three-year-old. Was that borderline man. abuse? You said you just no, take your son by the arm and you swing him around the home. I don't swing him. I didn't say swing. It was <laughs> picking him up just to make sure. No, I know what you're talking about. Just a little stays away from his little sister. Yeah. Hey, what grab. are you doing, dude? Chill out. Yeah. You can't do that but did that to me and then swung me, which was <laughs> yeah, made me not feel like a man at all. Now that was abuse. Yeah, that's like that. That is like very demeaning, right? Yeah. That, that's like when um. Me being a little chubby, short-armed guy trying to play line, like when Nick Fairley would like lock me all the way out and my arms would just be in space, <laughs> just kind of like flopping around in front of me, can't gain any purchase on anything. Uh, Makes you feel like a child. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order, visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. 
You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Uh, All right, so I would say this, because let's touch the gambling angle on each game. I'm not going to play this game. I would not take Georgia to cover, though. Or, But you think he hates Beamer, would you? I just feel like Kirby kind of a call-the-dogs-off guy. I don't think he's going to call the dogs off in this game. Okay. Plus, I think I think I think this football team needs to play four quarters of football. Like they they have not the starters have not played three quarters yet. I don't believe. Mm. So like at some point you got to start getting into game shape, and this is your first chance to you know get into somewhat game shape. Play four quarters. Know what it's like to to play sixty minutes. So yeah, I don't think concept. he's going to call. I mean, I think he may put the backups in like midway through the fourth quarter, but he's he's going to let them eat. Okay, so you would play Georgia minus 27 and a half. I would play Georgia minus 27 right, and a half. There you go. And, and uh, I, have another bet, I have another bet for this game that will be on our show tomorrow. Okay, uh, next up on this list, we got a little uh, Washington in East Lansing taking on Michigan State. Uh, the Huskies favored by 16 here. Um, perfect opportunity for Washington to build championship hype and yep. to build Heisman hype. And what's funny, Aaron, Washington's kind of journey with Penix and DeBoer started in this game a year ago. If you remember, I want to say Michigan State was still like top 15 at the time. We thought they were good. They were coming off the big year. Uh, I, I, I Washington might have even been like double-digit dogs, maybe. Maybe even, I want to say maybe like plus 14. And they come out and they handle Michigan State. They kind of announce themselves to the world. And then everything's been coming up Huskies ever since. I mean, mm-hmm. what a difference a year can make. Washington was an afterthought at this time last year. Now they're a top 10 team, borderline yeah. Pac-12 contender, got a Heisman candidate quarterback, whereas Michigan State was top 15, great coach. Everything's going excellently. Now a year later, Michigan State soon to be without a coach at all. The program's in shambles. It was an awful deal all the way around. Um, uh, so, 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 two programs moving in wildly different directions. Yep. Let, let me just give you Michael Penix's his, his record or stats versus Michigan State. And this dates back to when he was Even at Indiana. Indiana. His, fir- okay. his first go around 33 or 42, 286, three touchdowns. Next year, 25 or 38, 322 touchdowns. And then last year, 24 or 40, 397, and four touchdowns. Um, yeah, he, 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 he plays really, really well versus Sparty. So I love, I love what Michael Penny's can do, especially with those receivers. And you look at Michigan state who, who Bennett, who has benefited from a very easy schedule. Let's not forget. This was the second worst defense against the pass in the big 10 last year, giving up about 280 yards per game. So I think the biggest thing is just the distractions, man. Like you have a very focused Washington football team yep. who has elite playmakers on the outside, who has one of the best quarterbacks in the country against a, a, a not so great defense and defensive backfield. 
He's had your number for the past three times. He's played you regardless of what team he's on. I think Washington's going to absolutely steamroll through Michigan State this weekend. I think yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, no I, didn't know the, I didn't know the full Pinnock's history with uh, the Spartans there. I think I'll be placing yet another bet on this weekend. Another um, one. I mean, do we know anything about Michigan State this year? I mean, they lose Keon Coleman. No, but I mean, like, who's even their player? Like, they lose Keon Coleman. They lose Peyton Thorne. Sure, they played Central Michigan and Richmond, but, like, I, I just don't even. We got a good running back and Nathan Carter, but other than that, it's kind of. Are you at all worried about the interim bump? Because. Yeah, like, Mel... a team uniting together. Well, just like, yeah, because, like, look, Mel Tucker was very obviously, and this has nothing to do with him being psychotically horny, um, he was very obviously one of those kind of, you know, uh, motherfuck coaches. Like, he was kind of a dick, right? That was his whole thing. He's, like, going to get on you, get after your ass, which can work. I always responded well to it. Um, but you kind of have to win for that to work. Like, if you yeah. want to be the asshole and you suck, then you just kind of look like a joke. And players stop respecting you. And so I'm going to surmise, I'm projecting here, it's not hard for me to see a situation where these players hear that hand job news and they're like, good riddance. Excuse me, masturbatory news. Um, uh, it was phone sex. <laughs> um, but but like, I, I, I could just see a situation where the player's like, good riddance. We hated that guy anyway. And that maybe there's a little galvanizing, come on, we got to do it for each other this game. It's just that <laughs> I think that the in the end the freaking bazooka Do you arm truly think that players like, like really have like that strong of feelings towards like their head coach one way or the other. It would maybe maybe I'm just drawing from my own I know, experience. I feel like, there's but, something like I'm a student athlete. I'm here to play football. The, the coaches are such a, a authority of figure in, in my life that I kind of just run with the, go with the flow. Like I don't feel like so I feel I've, never, like, I've never been part of a locker room or I've ever heard of a locker room. Where like all the guys are meeting together in secret, saying, "Oh, we fucking hate our coach. I hope he gets fired somehow." Like, I, well, it doesn't I have to be meeting in secret, but you never had a locker room where the guys hated the coach. Yeah, I mean, I feel no. you. Like most of the time, the coaches, it's more of just like a boss relationship. Like yeah. even the times when they think, like, "Oh my god, you love him, don't you? You just love playing for him." Like, I mean, no, he's he's my boss, kind of. But um, yeah. I don't know though, man. I was a part of LSU teams where we kind of talked a lot of shit about Les Miles. Like we, we, it wasn't like you're saying like really? nefarious secret cabal meetings. Yeah, man. A lot of times we felt like we were winning in spite of him. Like yeah. we were being put in bad I've positions. Never heard that before. Um, well, it's good for you. That means you had a coach that you were very pleased with. Now it wasn't anything crazy or drastic, but like there were even times where like we'd hear rumors that maybe he's on the hot seat and we'd kind of be like, okay, cool. Like who, who do you think? Oh like, like who next? <laughs> um, uh, so. I, so again, I think there is a potential galvanizing effect there, but I think the bazooka arm of Michael yeah. Penix Jr. blows it up with a Dragon Ball Z Kamehameha of touchdowns. Uh, East Lansing's maybe a little tough, but it's not that late in the year, right? If this was a Washington going there when it's going to be like freezing and cold or whatever, mm -hmm. then maybe that would be a problem. So I would you're taking Washington minus the sixteen. Ooh. Why, why, how did this all of a sudden turn into a betting show? Like, why are we making bets here? Damn you. Because the slate is awful. And on a God. bad weekend, whenever, like you saying Georgia's going to win does nothing for me. 
You saying Washington win does nothing for me. Like, if anything, we need something. I, to I, can I, I'm, I'm going to say this. So like, I'm, not putting, I'm not putting money on this. This yeah. line, but I will. I would say I. I do think it's it's been a really shitty week for Michigan State. So yes, I would favor Washington and Michael Penix. Yeah, just say I'm not playing it, but this is what I would do. Okay. Um, now this next one works. We don't have to play the game with because it's a pretty close spread and it's kind of interesting. And that's yep. Tennessee Volunteers and the Florida Gators. It's mm-hmm. going to be in the swamp, a battle for SEC East dominance. Um, still fascinating to me just how quickly these fortunes changed. I mean, for a decade and a half, Florida's the big dog, and now all of a sudden we're just like, no, no, Tennessee's clearly better. Even though the spread's only six on this. So it kind of shows you because the hive mind on Florida is that they're awful. And that, I mean, look at Utah. Look what Baylor did against Utah, and then look what Florida did against Utah. Everybody, even before the season, thought Florida was awful. So then you're like, well, I thought Tennessee was good. Why? It just shows you that the odds makers have been pretty unimpressed with what they've seen out of the volunteers thus far this season, Aaron. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to be impressed. I mean, Joe Milton, I thought he looked more mature in the first game versus Virginia. I thought he took a massive step back this past weekend. It's his first true road game for, for being the starting quarterback at Tennessee. And this is, I never played in, in, in Gainesville. I went to a lot oh, of games there as a awesome, kid. Dude. Up. It's crazy. It is, it is intimidating as hell. This is a big-time rivalry game. Tennessee hasn't won there in, what, like nine nine tries? Yeah, it's something like, like, it's like the early 2000s, like yeah, almost like 20 years. Or something like yes, that. I think it was 03. Yeah. Now, I should say this, too. The <laughs> Swamp, you were talking about Sanford being a hard place to play, again, which is not, but the Swamp at peak capacity at night, which I don't know if it will be that. Like It doesn't always get like that anymore, will. like Death Valley. But if it does, then that's a that's a very tough place to play very intimidating very, crowds very right it's built vertically the noise stays in the crowds right on top of you they're talking shit the entire game mm-hmm. like hey you fat fuck learn how to walk why do you waddle like you know all this other sort of stuff that's like general things people throw out there not at all directed the, the, at these are these are the things that t-bob wakes up at 3 a.m in the morning screaming <laughs> his, his wife's like calm no. down t you Dude, I, waddle. Look. I love you baby you're okay i do um, waddle but I'm okay with that. And and I hey, I look hey, I won se- my last trip. Seven o'clock ESPN rivalry game. It the better be packed. Be it better be it yeah. Better so be so the point is like you're saying, Joe Milton is stepping into a bit of a buzzsaw there. He's gonna have to well, prove. And, and, and Tennessee and Tennessee's trying to protect him right now. I mean, this is the number one crazy enough. This is the number one rushing offense in the SEC at the moment. It's like oh wow. I think they kind Even of understand that like right now we're, we're we're having to ease Joe. He's not handing Hooker. Uh, we've had some accuracy issues. We've had some issues with drops because of how hard he throws the damn ball. I think Florida's going to have to. I think Florida just has to go in with the 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 uh, the mindset of if we're going to load the box and we're going to stop this run and we're going to see if Joe Milton can be elite. And I would try it too. Like Joe Milton, can you push the ball vertically down the field and be accurate doing that? Because he hasn't really done that through the first two weeks of the season. They have been protecting him. And, 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 and I think that's, that's kind of a sign that Hypel, who has been this offensive mindset of throwing the ball and pushing it vertically down the field and getting it to your receivers in space, him knowing that I don't have that from the quarterback position this year. I think that's, that's what you've seen to the first two weeks of the season. So Florida at home, man, get after that run game. Uh, if, if you want to keep this thing close, I think it's a low scoring game, honestly, because I, I don't yeah. believe in Joe at the moment. I don't believe in Florida's offense either. Wait, what I happened? I love that you love Graham Mertz. I thought Graham Mertz didn't play that bad in the Utah game. He hasn't played that bad, but it doesn't mean he's played great. Just because oh, he yeah. hasn't played bad doesn't mean like I'm going to fucking put money on you. Um, 
and Tennessee's defense is is pretty pretty feisty this year. Like you watch them through the first two weeks of the season, you, you they've built some depth on that side of the football. They've built a more capable front seven that's going to be able to get after the run game for Florida. So I think this is going to be kind of at times ugly, low scoring, a lot of a lot of punting the football. Yeah, what's uh, the over under on this actually? Because that like might the be the play. That, that might be the play. The fifty eight and a half. Oh, I'm definitely taking the under. I'm into that, Aaron. I like that yeah. bet. All right. See, look, what is this? A gambler? There you go, bro. Look at us. We're yeah. finding value. Take the under. Um. All right. I, I would say this, Billy Napier really needs this one. The potential. I I know that you you might say like, oh, well, not really. I mean, Tennessee's like a better team. There's no shame in losing again. Florida's used to being the big dog of the East. The only team that Florida would accept being better than them is Georgia. Because Georgia's also kind of gone tit for tat during that time, right? So you can you can accept. I think Tennessee's accept. more of a need to win. I think the ten because I think now the Tennessee fan base expects to be that number two team in the East. Oh, interesting. I don't think Florida fans are necessarily expecting. Like it would be would it be great for Billy Napier? Hell yeah, it'd be huge for him. But I think the bar has been riven, risen so high for Tennessee, where if you lose this game, you're going to see. Uh, I mean, it's going to get ugly there. All of a sudden, it's going to like completely. 180 in the other direction all that goodwill you built could kind of go out the window because then all of a sudden fans are going to be saying well we aren't even close to being you know competitive to georgia if we can't even take care of florida who is a six and six football team at best this year so i would say more um, pressure on tennessee to kind of get the job done okay it's this perspective i had to consider but i think you're actually right huh you convinced me bro what does this comment mean can't get worked by tennessee uga and fsu Oh, you're talking about Florida. Oh, Florida, right. yeah. yeah. Like they're they're gonna get they're gonna get worked by Georgia and they're yeah. probably gonna get worked by FSU. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I think you have the you have the built-in excuse that we don't have and we don't have the, the guys right now. They you can't just actually you can't because per, it's perfectly work. rational. Yeah, what are we talking about? Florida yeah. that'll totally work. I I I I don't know. I think well, I think Napier Napier has a three years to figure it out. I think he's got another year. I'm not thinking well, I don't think there's any sort of Hit the panic button if you lose to Tennessee this weekend. Do you know why he actually has another year? Well, because he's got pay the payouts too much. No, 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 why? no. Because Coach Prime's got at least one more year at Colorado. Mm, that too. And then yeah. when Shadur and Travis Hunter are gone, Prime to the swamp. I mean, yeah. fuck you know, you know me. I would be unhappy. That would be way too powerful of a combination. Whoever gets prime in the SEC immediately just becomes super cool. I'd feel like such a nerd. And I love BK. Auburn. I'm a cult of Kelly believer, right? Like, I again, Auburn and Hugh Freeze are a match made in literal heaven. Okay. That I is agree. peanut butter and jelly, but whatever. Prime to Florida is dangerous. So, hey, so dangerous. Do you, do you think? There was a, a a reason why he didn't say that he's a null. And well, and, that, and that's the that, 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 out that, there. That's the other Prime's part in it. There. He's got a bit of a rivalry brewing with FSU, and they're clearly going to stick yeah. with Nervell. And so here you're going to have Prime be like, "Okay, okay, dude, you want to play? I'm about to teach you. You gonna learn today? You gonna learn today? Um, God, I would feel like, and, and again, I love Brian Kelly, but like if you're an LSU fan and Prime with the Florida. And kind of a little bit same with Georgia, except that you're winning more, I guess. You just feel like such a nerd. I feel like I have like yeah. a cell phone on my belt clip, mm. drive a minivan, primes out here with an iPhone without a case on it, looking cool as hell, just flexing. 
Mm. Drive it ask. Mm. Ugh, rough times, man. But hopefully that will never happen. But if I'm a Florida fan, every game I lose this season, that's what I'm dreaming of. I'm just yeah. telling myself eventually Prime's going to find his way down to Gainesville. Uh, speaking of Coach Prime, you know what might not be the smartest idea, Aaron? Talking shit to Dion. Uh, Matt Rule, like, kind of did it, right? Like, like he had some comments about, like, you know, our videos are of us working out, and we don't have cameras following us around everywhere in the offseason. And then, yes, he did call a huddle on the Buffalo's logo, right? So, like, Matt Rule kind of did it, but Colorado State head coach Jay Norvell, he truly went for it today. Brum, do we have the video? Or do you need me to just... I sat down with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off, and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught <laughs> So... Why? Like, what's the point of saying that? Oh, I just don't get it. Shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Why? Oh, no. Because he's doing a coach's show. It's like the same reason why Brian Kelly said, we're going to beat the heck out of FSU. He's trying to... You're not saying you're beating the heck out of FSU. You're like, just... You're, you're judging a man for something that you don't need to be judging another man for. True, big true, and it's also it's not like you know. Of course, you're going to say we're going to beat that team. I don't want you to say we're going to lose that team, but this is actual disrespect, like 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 direct. He even he opened with, "I don't care if they hear it, Boulder." Well, Jay, they're going to. It's not a whether you care or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw this video, and I know this is dumb, and it's becoming maybe like worn out now. But I immediately bet Colorado. Just saw it, bam, done. I wasn't sure before. I was on the fence. Um, I I, th I think I look. I, I think Colorado is probably already going to smash this game. Colorado State's not any good. Shooter Sanders is awesome. The rest of the team, everything we already know. But now, once again, like last week, it is personal. Mm, 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 mm. And it's kind of like we talked about with like Georgia and USC. Like, you know, do you call the dogs off because you're you're going to face Oregon next week? Uh, now all of a sudden, I, I think there's less of a chance of them calling the dogs off until it's you know like a 30, 40 point game, and then maybe maybe they'll they'll take Travis Hunter out, uh, and then maybe that's it. So I just when you're when you're a three score dog, and even more than you know, 23 and a half points right now, I think it is, and it's probably mm -hmm. going to climb after after. I think it, yes, yes, I would not be surprised. Definitely, you don't talk shit when you're a three touchdown dog. Yeah, it's like just should be known. I just, why, why someone sent me like this little meme of, and it's true. Like all the players for Colorado state are probably like shaking their head right uh, now. You talk about like being a jackass and co players talking shit about their coach. Like this is the prime example when you are in the locker room saying, why would our coach when a team has Oregon next week and maybe they can look past them and maybe we can kind of sneak up on them and make this an interesting game and have some fun and, and push them there in Boulder. Well, no, not anymore coach. Because they're and, and, way more athletic than you. And what yeah. do we talk about with Colorado? They don't have the line of scrimmage. Well, they have the better line of scrimmage in this game. Uh, yeah. So their mm. one weakness is erased, right? Like yeah. I oh. and 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 it's and and it and again, this was actual disrespect. Like he was infantilizing Dion, like making him trying yeah. to make him sound like a child. Like this yeah. is not how adults carry themselves. All right, Norvell. Well, you go learn. And you know what sucks is I read an article about how fascinating the Colorado State roster is, and I thought Norvell was really cool, and then this comes out. For instance, on this Colorado State Ram team, you have Ethan Erickson, a center. I think he's a backup, but still, Ethan Erickson was bench-pressing 225 at 11 years old, Aaron. In fact, last year, he became the world's strongest man at 265. 
an Arnold's amateur strongman champion. You have a sumo wrestler, uh, Hidetaro Hanada, 6'1", 280, gold medal winner, heavyweight from the 2022 World Sumo Games. How about that? Always wanted to play American football. He, his first time seeing football live was at the Colorado State Spring Game. He is now learning English. He's there. He's learned to play offensive line. You have two tribesmen from the South Sudan, Boomjak and Nur Gaktu. Both refugees fleeing from civil war. Their kicker's a 31-year-old father of three. He has a wife and a kid, and he lives in the suburbs. I don't know how he makes money, but 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 he just kicks for Colorado State. It's kind of like his nine to five. And then they even have an openly gay defensive lineman, one of the only in the entire country in Kenny McDowell. So really, between like a, a bodybuilder, a sumo wrestler, Two two tribesmen, the father, the like you have an eclectic motley crew there that's easy to cheer for. And then Jay Norvell goes and does this, and you know, oh, you Jay, take take Colorado, everyone, take them now, hurry up, hurry up before take it comes twenty four. Um, yeah, put Jordan Noise mortgage on him, which I still don't know how he's paying for because he's a college punter at or college kicker, but still mm, crazy. Good for him, though. It's got to be such a weird thing to be 31 with three kids and hanging out with a bunch of college kids. I don't know. I can't really wrap my head around that. Um, so there it is. Your preview of the worst slate that we have maybe ever seen. Bonus question, Aaron, since we talk so much Texas on this show. Does Texas, uh, I mean, they're obviously going to beat Wisconsin. So I had a 30-point spread on that game. I think 20 and a half, somewhere around there. Who would you play there? You think Texas is going to come out and make a statement? Wyoming, you mean? Oh, yeah, what I, oh, I said Wisconsin. Excuse me, not that. Wyoming, yes. Uh, Wyoming, 2-0, and, and Wyoming had the big upset versus Texas Tech to start the season off. I know. Uh, do they drop? Well, I don't think so. I think I think, I think, think the win last week versus Alabama was the um, the springboard for them to, to, to get energized knowing that they are a legit national championship contender. Okay. Like when you get, then when you elevate to that level, then all of a sudden I think there's that like, Oh my God, boys, we actually have a chance to win it all. Like, I think in the back of their minds for Texas, they thought they could do it. That's true. They thought maybe they're good enough. But then once you do it, I think the energy through that building just skyrocketed. Guys want to work harder. Guys want to watch more film. You want to get in the weight room more. You want to stay after That's practice. True. Like, you have now seen that we have a chance to do something that hasn't been done in Texas in a long damn time. That buy in goes through the roof. So I think you're going to see a really good football team going forward. Again, I think Texas rolls and wins a game big. I just, I mean, it's a good team to be favored by that Very much against. Very uh, I think I'll be on it. All right, there you go. Your snaps, preview of the week coming up this weekend. Um, I believe our plans are to do a, we're going to have our gambling show drop on Friday. We'll give you our absolute best picks. Um, and again, I love this board. I just got to figure out which two I love the most. Uh, we will do a Sunday morning recap because of, how stuff's working out. We're not going to be able to do a show on Saturday, I don't believe, due to our schedules. But Sunday morning, we'll do a recap. And then Monday, we'll be live on the YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash at volume snaps. You can always come hang out. Everything you want right there, the shorts, the clips, the segments, the full shows. Huge thank you to Ryan Brumley, Pat Gunther, Adam Gracia, Chris Tran, Danny Cardenas, everybody else who makes, who does all the actual legwork to make all of that happen. Uh, huge thank you to you, Aaron. And uh, the biggest of all, thank you to everybody who listens and hangs out with us every single day. Please, the road to 5K. Let's get to 5K over the weekend, okay? We love you. Here's to another weekend of football. Any football is still better than no football. We love you. 
and we'll see you uh, tomorrow on Snap. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.